0: Aloha, and welcome to the Word of Hope, with Ralph Moore, pastor of Hope Chapel Kaneohe. Hope Chapel exists to grow ordinary people into faithful, productive followers of Jesus Christ, equipping them through Bible teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Today, our guest speaker, Pastor Carl Moore, returns with a message entitled, Our Priority List. And now, in Ephesians chapter five, here's Pastor Carl. Next week, we're gonna be starting a series on spiritual warfare and what that's all about and getting, getting us ready for the, the battles that we face every day as, as the enemy attacks us. Because when we chose to follow Jesus was the minute we chose sides and suddenly we have a real enemy that's out there. We can't see him all the time, but he's definitely out to get us and to bring us away from the Lord. And so we're going to go into a full series on that. But for today, we're just kind of going to kind of go through and do a recap. And what I was talking about earlier about taking action on these things that we hear. That we become doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. We don't just go, hey, that's great, I'm glad I heard that. I believe in that strongly. I just don't live it out, I just never try to to take action on it. Today, I'm going to kind of walk you guys through about five different areas that we've been talking through. About five different subjects that we've been talking through in Ephesians. And then I'm going to ask you at the end of each one, as we read through the verses on that one, to, I'm going to give you a suggested action, Uh, suggested way to take action and to do something about what we're hearing as we cover the topic some of you guys are going to remember yeah I remember talking about that and some of you guys can say yeah I remember putting in that into practice but maybe some of them you're going I haven't really been doing that so I want to just kind of go back over what we've been talking about and say what is the action that you're doing the Apostle Paul has kind of given us a priority list of the Christian walk as we look through these verses here in Ephesians about how to get along with God, how to get along with other people, the two greatest commandments, loving him and loving others. So as we walk through that, I'm just going to kind of challenge you and encourage you. Here's an action that you can take to begin to do this. Because again, some of these sermons you may have heard and thought, that's really great, but nothing really changed in your personal life. Nothing really changed at home or in the office, as we were talking about last week, workers and bosses and all that stuff. So I'm going to kind of throw out some challenges. Um, the reason that I know that this is so important for us to act on it immediately is the other week, or this past week, actually, I think it was a Wednesday night, we went to this uh, big banquet and silent auction for Goodwill Corporation. It was really cool just being there, and there's other Hope Chapel people there, and we had this great dinner, and it was just a really fun night. But the evening ended at about 9 o'clock, and we figured... You know, we had our kids home with grandpa. My wife's dad was in town. So the kids are taken care of. It's only nine o'clock. We're in town. We got all this time. Just the two of us, let's go do something. This is, you know, it's good. Let's take advantage of this time. And I'm I'm in there thinking, okay, we just talked about this, you know, honoring your wife and honoring your husband and making time. And I'm like, this is perfect. You know, this is an extra night out during the week when we're just together. So my wife's like, you know, let's go do something. We still got some time. And so she, she uh, suggested, let's go watch a movie. And I said, yeah, that, that'll be fun. And then I started thinking, I'm like, a movie? A movie's good. You're out on a date with your wife. But in a movie, what happens is two people just happen to be in the same place watching something else, right? No real interaction between the two of you. And so I just started thinking, no, that's not really that cool. We're, we should take advantage of this time as a married couple you know, as having a relationship with one another, not just having a relationship looking at a movie and then you go home and go to sleep. And so I said, you know, let's do something different. Let's do something where we got to talk or just hang out. And we didn't know what to do. And so here's what we decided doing for our romantic evening out. We ended up driving all the way to Mililani Walmart and shopping Walmart to like 11.30 at night and driving home. And that, you know what, it, it was so cool though because at the end of the night, I go, did you have a good time? Yeah, I had a way better time. Good thing we didn't see the movie, huh? Yeah, that was so fun. That we got to drive in the car all the way out to Mililani together, talking, just discussing what's going on in our lives. As we're pushing the cart, walking each aisle of Walmart, you know, Walmart's one of the best places on the island. How many of you guys would agree? Walmart rules, yeah? Walmart rules. There's everything and it's so cheap. So we're walking up and down the aisles, just you know, looking and shopping and we got a new house, so there's things that we're kind of buying for the house. And and it's kind of cool because it's sharing our lives together, building our lives together, and like, oh, what you know, what could we bring into our house? And just commenting on everything and talking and just and just walking around. I mean, we were there for like two hours in the store, just walking around, you know, came home with all this stuff, but we also just came home with a good night of relating, getting to know each other, one, one another better, um, being able to share what's going on in our lives, knowing what to pray for, and just just hanging out and being a good married couple. And so I know that if I don't immediately start to remember that kind of stuff, like, what was the sermon about? I got I to gotta work on this. I could just say, that was a great sermon about spending time with your wife, but uh, movie's easier. Then nothing changes in my life, and I haven't really grown any. Otherwise, I just heard a great sermon. That's good. But it's when you start to think, I've got to apply this right now. I could go to a movie or we could go walk around and just talk. And it's that kind of stuff that I'm after today. As we're walking through Ephesians, we're going to go through like five key areas here. I want you to be thinking, what's the action I'm going to take after hearing this? Or maybe I heard that sermon a couple weeks ago. I didn't really do anything about it. Maybe now it's time that I took action on this. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to start off in verse 18. And this is the, the part that I title Continually Filled with the Holy Spirit. Continually Filled with the Spirit. Because this is the key. This is the foundation. This is the basis for everything else. If we can get this part right, then all these other areas that we're going to look at about submitting to other people, how to have a godly successful marriage, how to get along with your parents or your children, um, how to love your job as we talked about last week, all of those other things, you can kind of do them and they can kind of work out okay. But unless you're grounded, first of all, in the Holy Spirit, in the Lord, and in His power, you're not really going to succeed all that well in the other areas. So this is the key that we need to get um, just kind of hammered into our heads and into our hearts. And it starts off in 18. It says, Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, let the Holy Spirit fill and control you. Then you will sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts. And you will always give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is talking about continually being filled with the Holy Spirit, continually praising God, singing songs of just joy to him, thanking him focusing on Him. Remember last week we talked about chasing after Him. It's that mindset that says, before I try to handle life and do all this other stuff, I need to, first of all, just give it to God. I need to just seek Him. I need to chase after Him. I need to be filled with that Holy Spirit. Because if we're not filled with the Holy Spirit's power, we're not going to have the power on our own to get through all the other relationships in life. We can maybe do it kind of all right, kind of go through the motions, but we're not going to have the power to have successful, victorious relationships with our spouses, with our kids, with with the people at work and stuff like that. Yesterday I went surfing and it was the first time I surfed in about two weeks because it's been raining, I've been working on my house, just lots of stuff's been going on. And so I surfed um, out by Makapu on on the side, baby mocks, they call it suicides or whatever. We surfed out there for a couple hours and I found that like after two hours I was so tired. My arms were just like, ah. Oh. And I was still out there surfing. I was still getting waves and still riding them. But I wasn't at 100%. I was just like, why am I so tired? And I remembered, well, I hadn't surfed in two weeks. And also, we didn't paddle out to like one. And I hadn't eaten anything all day. And I just didn't have the energy. I couldn't last. Like, oh, what's going on? And it's the same way that, that God's talking about is, unless you fill up first with him, you're not going to have the strength to get through all the other stuff in life. See, and I find that when I eat like a good meal before I surf or eat those Power Bars, you know, or Gatorade, all that kind of stuff, I can last four or five hours and I'm fine and I'm just, I'm out there surfing and and no big deal. But when I don't get that nourishment, when I don't fill up first with energy, I'm dead. I'm useless, you know. And then last night I slept so good because I was so tired. But it's the same thing with the Lord. It's that he's saying before you try to tackle all these other things in your life, the relationships and stuff, you need to go to the power source. You need to be constantly filled. And again, it's saying that you're continually filled with the Spirit. Don't be filled or controlled. With, it says don't be drunk with wine. In other words, don't be filled or controlled with wine or with any other substance or with any other relationship or, or we talked about last week, greed or any other type of motivation But first of all, be filled up with the Holy Spirit and His power. That will give you the strength to get through everything else that you need to do. We had a camp the other week, and Tom, Tom, and I were out there. Tom's a junior high pastor. I'm a high school pastor. And we had a camp out at Mokaleia. We had about 80 people, all these high school kids. And we we came up with a topic of godly character. And we were going to teach on that for the weekend. But what it turns out is that the Holy Spirit showed up kind of the first night and he gave some people some words and kind of the whole direction of our camp shifted to just seeking God, to just listening to him. And that became kind of the theme for the weekend. And so everything kind of revolved around listen to God because he's continually speaking to us. So we have to continually be filled up with him because he's continually there going, I'm here for you, I can give you all this, I can help you, but it's up to us to say, do I want you today, God? Do I want you every single day, every single minute? I want to be totally filled with you every day. And at the end of the camp, it was so cool that all these kids came up for testimony time. Tom Tom opened up the mic and he said, come forward if you want to share anything that you know God's been doing in your life this weekend, anything you learned. And pretty much every single testimony was kids coming up and saying, God spoke to me this weekend. God gave me visions. And when I, when I say visions, I mean visions from the holy spirit these weren't like kids just making stuff up going oh well i had a dream once and blah 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 blah. but it was the kind of thing where a girl would get up there she goes i never had anything like this before but i feel like god wants me to share this and i just saw this picture when we were worshiping last night and she starts saying this stuff and everybody in there just starts getting chicken skin like oh that's the lord that's the lord talking But we can see what that means, what it's saying to us. And all these kids started saying, God was speaking to me. And one kid said, I didn't see any visions or anything, but when I had devotions yesterday morning, it was like God was just talking to me. And I was talking back to him. And I was reading in my Bible, and he just started telling me, hey, you need to change this in your life. And then I would talk back, okay, God, well, should I do this? Should I do that? Yeah, and you should do this too. And he said, I just had this conversation with the Lord. And it wasn't a loud voice, but I just knew he was telling me stuff. And I was talking back. And the kids learned at the end of the camp that God is always talking to us. His Holy Spirit is always there and available to us. It's not something we have to conjure up and work at. It's always right there. The Holy Spirit's in us. But are we constantly asking for, I want to be filled completely. I want to be under your power. The one thing that I've learned in, in submitting to the Lord and going through this, this walk with the Holy Spirit is this one phrase that he kind of gave me. And it's, I've said it in here, and I just want to repeat it again. It's that, You don't run your life with God's help. This is the thing that God always tells me. Carl, I want you to know you're not living your own life. You're not running your own life with my help by calling on me once in a while for help. It's that you got to understand that I run your life and you can help by getting out of my way. That's what the Holy Spirit wants is that the only way we can help him is to really surrender and give it all to him. It's like, it's not about me. I'm not running my life and saying, God, I need you for a little bit over here right now. It's saying, God, my whole entire life, it's yours. Take it. All the victories, all the mistakes, all the problems, everything. Here, you take it, God. You, you fix it. It's broken. I don't know what to do. It's yours. And you know what? Let me help you out by just stepping aside and letting you, you have a little bit more control. And that's what it is to be constantly filled in control. It's every day. One of the things that I do every single day when I wake up is I pray. As I pray for my day, I just say a quick prayer that says, God, use me today. I want to be used by you today in some way, in some, somehow, some, some way that I could pray for someone, I could touch a life, I could speak to someone, I could offer words of encouragement. It's I'm totally submitted to you, God. Have your way with me. And one of the amazing things is that as, as you do this, the basic thing before all these other things work out, is, is as you begin to get closer to God, he begins to kind of tweak and tune up all those areas of your life that you didn't even notice were wrong. There was, you know, there was some kids coming, coming up at the camp saying, you know what, I didn't even know that this was a sinful area, but as I've been listening to God and pressing in and wanting to be filled with Him, He's been showing me that, you know what, i got to stop, stop hanging out with these certain people. i got to stop doing this one habit over here because I thought it was okay, but it's really not pleasing God. And God begins to show you the things in your life, and you begin to become a better person just because you start seeking Him, and He starts exposing different things in your life. And I was reading in my, my Bible the other day, um, in Psalms 19, verses 12 and 13. And it basically just talks just about that, the hidden sins in our life. It says, how can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep me from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. There's that word again, control. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. I said, as you get, start to get closer to God and His Holy Spirit and just say, here, here's my life, I surrender it to you. God starts showing you little areas that are like, oh, you know what, that little hidden thing over there? Oh, that, God? Yeah, that's, that's not really helping your life out. If you take care of that now, then things will go better. Oh, really? I didn't even see that there before. But it's the closer you get to him, you let his light shine into all those little dark places and things get exposed and you find your life just getting better and better. And you didn't even know it could have gotten better because that stuff was hidden. But God starts to show you where it is and he starts to expose it to you. But here's the action for this. Uh, Like I said, I want to give you guys an action for each topic. This first topic is the basis for all the rest of it. Continually filled with the Holy Spirit, chasing after God, continually praising him and focusing on him. Here's one of the actions that you can take to say, you know what, starting today, starting tomorrow, I'm going to put into effect what we were talking about. One action is to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit is to take a Sabbath day. Because see, this is one of the top 10 list commandments in the Bible, right? God's top 10 list in the Bible, the 10 commandments. One of them is to take a Sabbath, to to do exactly what we're talking about, to be filled with the Lord, to revive your body, to rest, And to focus on him, to give him some time. And you know what? I think this is a a law that many of us probably are in the habit of breaking every single week. I know I'm pretty guilty of it too. I try to shoot for having a Sabbath, but I don't always get one. And we've kind of forgotten about that. We think that, well, any time off is time for me and I'm going to go do whatever I want to do. And God's saying, well, you know what? Why not taking a day just for me? And let me speak to you. Let me just refresh you. Why don't you try sleeping in this day and get up and really spend some time reading your Bible because, oh, I never have time to read it all the other work days of the week. Well, then take a day to just spend reading your Word and praying and communicating with Him and resting and just hanging out with your family. Take a Sabbath. There's one action that you can plan to do. And so there's one action thing. Here's another thing is, ever, ever tried fasting? Try to take one day this week where you just fast. It means you don't eat any food. And instead, every time you start getting hungry and start feeling like, oh, I should be eating right now, it's just a reminder to say, no, I'm going to press into God. I want to be filled with Him. God, speak to me right now. I'm hungry, and so this is kind of a little uncomfortable for me, but that's what submitting to you is all about, is I put my needs on the side, and I say, God, it's all about you. Talk to me. I promise you, if you fast just even one day, the next day you're going to come out of it going, oh, I learned so much. How come I never did this before? I always thought this was weird or hard to do, and why didn't I ever think about this? There's another action for you to try to do. What, I mean, what is it that you want to do? If you want to say, I didn't just hear a good sermon yesterday in church, but I'm actually living it and I'm applying it to my life today. Or, or maybe just get involved in an extra ministry. Maybe go start your own J group. Or if you're not in a mini church, this is mini church month, go get involved in a mini church. What can you be doing to just be pushing and just praying, praying to God? Maybe you need to start praying for supernatural gifts in your life, for spiritual gifts. Maybe your, your thoughts on it have been, well, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I'm not mature enough for that kind of stuff. Well, if you want more of God, then nothing's going to get in your way of, of stopping. You're not going to care. God doesn't care. He doesn't care how dirty you are to begin with. He just says, you're all dirty, but I can make you clean. I can bless you anyway. I can love you. So maybe you need to start praying like, God, that speaking in tongues thing, I've seen other people do it. And, you know, they seem to have a good relationship with you. If I'm going to press into you, I'm willing to to try that out. Lord, I'm willing to pray for you to give me the ability to heal people when I lay hands on them and pray. Lord, I'm willing to to listen to you speaking to me that I might have words to share with other people. Lord, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. You can embarrass me. You can do whatever you want. I just want more of you. I'm going to press into you. And you know what? God won't embarrass you. God won't do anything that that's going to take you so far out of your comfort zone that you're just going to freak out. He's only going to give you what you're going to be able to handle. But we need to start saying, God, I think I can handle a little bit more. I think I can handle a little more than than I was thinking yesterday. I want more of you. But what is the action you're going to take? Have a Sabbath day, fast, start praying for more giftings in your life. And then it goes on in verse 21, and it talks to us about submission. It says, and further, you will submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And submission is the key here. This is one of the key areas, is learning to submit to other people. See, if you're really saying, I'm filled and I'm controlled with the Holy Spirit, I've given God control of my life, God, you have your way with me, then it's going to be a lot easier thing for you to submit to other people. If you've already submitted your life to God, suddenly it's not going to be like a chore to say, oh, what, I got to yield my rights to someone else's needs? I got to give up something of me so that I can bless someone else? See, it sounds all by itself, that sounds like it's a lot. Like, you got to give up yourself, your selfish interests, and you got to seek the needs of other people. All by itself, you're kind of like, oh, that's a drag, that's kind of hard to do. But if you've already gotten the first part of it down, Lord, I'm committed to you, I'm open to you, you have my life, you lead me, you do whatever. Then suddenly it's like, well, why wouldn't I want to love someone else? I'm committed my life to God. He loves me. He takes care of me. Why wouldn't I want to just help someone else out? Why wouldn't I want to care for other people? It's, see, it's a natural outcome out of already being planted in a relationship with God and His Holy Spirit. It's not something you have to work at. Oh, it's hard to submit, God. Well, if your relationship with Him is right, it's going to be real easy to do. It's that you yield your rights to someone else's needs out of love for Christ. I was talking to Iraq rack this past week. And he was sharing with me just a perfect example of yielding your life to someone else's, of submitting to other people. And he shared with me how, you know, I went out there in the, the mini church alcoves or whatever, and I saw his name on one of those mini church cards, Family Mini Church. And I'm like, oh, okay, He's, he does one of our, you know, adult mini churches or whatever. And he came and he, he talked to me and he said, hey, yeah, lately I've started this, this new group. And I don't know how it happened. But there's all these like junior high and high school kids that come to my house and we have a mini church and they're just from my, my area, my neighborhood. Some of them are Christians that go to other churches and there's not a lot going on at the other churches and they know I'm a Christian and they talk to me. Some of them aren't Christians and they come with their friends and now their moms and dads are coming along and just sitting there observing what's going on and they're interested too. He's all, but, but I'm not a youth leader. I'm not a youth pastor. What, what's going on? How did this happen? What, what do I do here? And I go, you know what I got, Rock? I said, praise God for you, that you're submitted to other people, that you're willing to just yield your life to say, here's kids with a need, and I'm not even a youth leader, but they're coming to me for questions, so I'm going to have a group with them. I'm going to have a mini church with them. He sent me pictures this week that he's actually been able to, to baptize these kids. He had baptism pictures of them, and I'm just going, you're their pastor. He's like, yeah, but I'm not. I'm not a youth guy. I don't know what to do here. Can you give me some help? And I'm going, you know what, that's what it's all about. Don't worry, God will take care of the details. You come to me, I'll hook you up with some resources and help you out on how to do this thing. But he's just going, you know, I'm just, the kids are coming to me, they have a need, so I'm just kind of answering their questions and, and we're there and I don't even know really what's going on but I'm just trying my best just to serve them and to bless them. And I'm like, that's a perfect example of saying, I'm just going to submit my needs to other people's. Is that you just have that attitude in life of whatever comes along, if there's relationships or people, there's needs, that you're going to say, well, it's time for me to put my own ego and self and pride on the side, and I'm going to help you out. And it's that submission is the key to all these other things. And here's Philippians 2, verses 1 through 5. This is a key verse, and I'm just, I just kind of paraphrase this. I kind of just summarize it in my own words. And it kind of goes like this. If any of this means anything at all to you, talking about all the gifts of the Spirit, talking about what God has done for you in your life, Christianity itself, all that you've been learning, if any of this means anything to you at all, then make me happy and actually live like Christians. Imitate Christ and treat each other as more important than you would treat yourselves. Submit to one another. Out of reverence for Christ, thinking that What if Christ was here? How would Christ treat your girlfriend when she's arguing with you? How would Christ treat your mom or dad when you're going through tough times in the relationship? How would Christ treat your husband or your wife or the people around you, your co-workers at work? If you start to think of it in terms of that, what would Christ do? Well, I'm supposed to imitate him because I got his name. I'm a Christian. Then if I'm a copier of him, a follower of him, a Jesus wannabe, If you would, then how am I going to treat those other people? How would Christ treat those people? It's saying, I'm going to submit my needs to yield to to your needs in life. How would Christ treat those people? And here's an an action for you this week to act on this thing, because here's another subject. Do a random act of kindness for someone in your life. Plan on just getting someone a gift, something that costs you a little bit of money, that you're saying, oh, this is a sacrifice. And just go buy something nice for someone. Or why not just, while you're out there washing your car in the driveway, walk over and wash the neighbor's car for free. Just, just for the heck of it. Just to say, God, I'm submitted to you, and I'm supposed to be submitted to others. And I want people to see that by, by my actions and by my habits, that I'm a Christian. That they can just see because, why are you doing this for me? Why would you wash my car? Oh, well, I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to do this kind of stuff. God calls me to live this kind of life. Oh, wow, thanks. How cool would that be just to go do that? But do that action this week. Write that down. Here's my action for that, submitting to other people. I'm just going to go bless someone just out of the blue for no reason. Treat someone to a meal. Get someone a gift. Just do a nice thing for someone. Do some chores for someone else. Just what could you do? Thinking about people in your life, your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers. Just go do one nice thing for them, one random act of kindness.